attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Guess what? <laughs> We're here together. I know, you guys. This is the second time in our lives that we've podcasted in the same room. We're literally like two feet from each other. We are. We can touch. Oh, we're we holding touch. hands. Uh-oh. Do you have we hand can hold hands the entire time. No, we're vaccinated. It's oh, fine. We're fine. We're fine. Um, <laughs> no, we're literally once again, uh, my life has brought me to LA for a whopping, I think 18 hours. I'm going to be here. Something like that. Uh, so of course we squeezed in some podcasting time. Yes. In the evening. I'm so glad you're here, and oh, I wish too. it were longer than 18 hours, and you can come here anytime. I know. And we can do the podcast from here, and maybe we should just move you here. Well, you can, you can call Kurt and Noah on that one. Okay, I'll give him a call. <laughs> I'll, I'll ring him up and see if I can convince We would be them. much closer, and we could justify the annual pass, or I'm sorry, the magic key, a lot better if we lived down here. Adam, I think that's the only reason that's the first reason why you guys need to move to southern california the second reason is because then you can live close to us and you'll have our little support group here you now have best friends in both kim and sierra i know slowly but surely okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hear about this later after kurt listens <laughs> anyway um i don't know if last week you all noticed i got pretty um sad in the middle of our podcast. You did? I did because I'm watching on the Zoom and all of a sudden our unpaid intern, your lovely husband, Ryan, <gasps> oh. walked into the room with yeah. mint juleps. Like Disneyland mint juleps. Spiked. He made the spiked version of a Disneyland mint julep that you can find in New Orleans yep. Square. And I was very upset. I was watching from my Zoom while everybody was here drinking their mint juleps. So naturally I had to come down to L.A. Mm-hmm. And the unpaid intern did it for us. We have well, yes, clink. Yeah, can will you it, hear this? There I we go. You, you had we, to have heard that. That's have. our very non-Disney um, sanctioned mint oh, yeah. julep. Yeah, this, this has a like, lot more bourbon in it. This would be a Disney World mint julep if mm, Disney World mm-hmm, did them, and mm-hmm. not a Disneyland. Even though. Disneyland's letting the alcohol creep in a little bit it's every like day. It's like slipping in. It's still kind of pathetic, let's be yeah. honest. The California Adventure, solid. But Disneyland, mm, it's that experience I, we had I at mean, Blue Bayou that was like, oh, you can only buy alcohol if you buy an entree here at Blue Bayou. Yeah. So. I mean, and let, let's not let's let's not give DCA too much credit because I, until they get the bar carts, I've talked about this before, until the bar carts roll out like they have at Hollywood Studios in Florida around Hollywood Studios. Once yeah. they can get the bar carts rolling around DCA and I can get a Tito's and soda on like the corner of Hollywood and Vine or that's not even a thing. Is that a thing? At yeah. DCA? Yeah. Uh, Hollywood and Vine. Or yeah, am I thinking of Hollywood Studios? Anyway. It doesn't matter. By Carthay Circle until they wheel out the uh, bar cart, they're going to be a rung behind. Okay, I have not been to Universal Studios Orlando in a minute, but I have this image in my mind of being like 17 years old in 2004 and visiting. And like Hollywood Studios was a little more ratchet back then. (laughs) And they had not just the bar carts, but the like straight up like shot glasses. Like the like... um, the beaker style and the like, no, test like the tube. Vegas, yes, like oh. the Vegas or Cabo type. What was that happening w- at Hollywood Studios I then? No, it's got to be gone now because it was so trashy looking. But it was like the the ladies like Vegas if style. Ever, if we ever get to the point and like people are walking around Disney World with like the the hurricane like the <laughs> oh, Vegas gosh. style, like where your drink is so big you have to have a strap. It's like a popcorn bucket. It's like Vegas's version of Disney's popcorn buckets. Yes, it's those. You know, what yes, I'm talking the about. three foot. Like, like the, or the yard long um, Fat Tuesday yeah, hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, they can be Mickey shaped. <laughs> you know, Disney has gone <sighs> off the deep end when they're selling Mickey shaped hurricane yards for you to walk around Hollywood Studios with. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're here. Uh, it's great to be here. It's 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 lovely to be here in person and. I do miss it. It's getting harder as like Noah's getting bigger. It's harder to like break away for yeah. Well, it's hard. It's been hard ever since he was born to break away for a day. 
Yeah. Um, because even tonight, Kurt sent text me a video. He's not quite crawling yet, but he's getting very, very close. And I was like, I swear, if my son starts crawling while I'm not home, he heartbreak. Won't. Well, Noah's only seven months old, so I think you still have a little bit maybe, more time. Maybe. But I will say that first year of having a kid is both simultaneously the hardest year of your lives and also in ways very magical because you get to see them grow so rapidly in such a short span of time so it does feel like you're missing something if you're not watching them 24 7 but then there's also that like burden of literally watching a child 24 7 (laughs) that is so hard for new parents and I'm here to tell you it gets easier and better, and you will look back on those days fondly, but you will also remember, oh, yeah, that's when I wasn't sleeping. Oh, yeah. What sleep? But um, so it's hard for me to be away for a day. What I can't imagine is my mother-in-law, who lives in the UK, who has still not met her grandson. And so it's it it stinks. And right yeah. now, you know, hopefully by the time this airs and maybe I'll be speaking of things of the past. But right now there is a travel ban from the UK to the US. So US residents, we could it, we could, in theory, go take Noah, get his little passport, go to the UK. So his mother, his his mother-in-law, my his mother-in-law, grandma. his grandmother yeah. could meet him. However, that's going to be a process. It's much easier for his grandma to come here to meet him. But that's not happening right now, which is not happening for anybody from the UK or the EU at the moment. So that gets me to Mm -hmm. Disney. So, okay, Disney World is usually like UK vacation city. I know, and I love it. I love talking to other tourists who are from the UK, and they're always so lovely, and they're my favorite tourists who are there. They, I mean, literally, it's it's super weird. It was super weird for us when we went in October, and you did not hear, like, specifically Northern British accents oh, yeah. all over the park, because you usually hear them all the time. Well, anyway, so they still haven't been able to come. Um, the, you know, I think, like, airlines like Virgin Atlantic and British Airways that just funnel flights down to Orlando constantly are, I don't beside know, themselves. beside themselves over it. So Disney was like, aha. We have a way uh-huh. to bring Disney to the UK without opening a theme park. Ready? So they shipped one of their ships, literally a Disney Cruise Line ship. I think it's um, the oh. Fantasy or one of them got sent across the Atlantic Ocean from its lovely home in Florida, wherever yeah. they go out from. Shipped across the Atlantic Ocean and is parked in Southampton. And they are running, literally running, UK-only Disney cruises around the UK. So literally, they're, oh. like, going around the island that is the UK. Yeah. And it's you can either book, like, a two- or three-night cruise all the way around the island. That's from incredible. From the UK. So to our one listener, my mother-in-law, in the UK, if you can even listen to us over there, I don't even know. Anyway. Uh, sure. Sure. She's listened to us. I hope she has. Hi, Rini. Um, But oh. they are doing so. This is how they're bringing a little Disney magic to the UK to folks in the UK who haven't been able to come. And they're just it doesn't stop anywhere. You literally just get on this boat. Mickey and Minnie are there waving at you as you get on board and you get two to three days of Disney on a boat. I love it. It's now making me really, really, really want to go on a cruise at Adam, some point. I know. I, I booked know. one. I know you did. We booked it. We're going in December of 2022. We're going on the Disney Wish. We cannot wait. It's going to be great. I know. Um, they haven't even finished the boat yet. I've been watching all the videos of them building this giant, massive ship, I think out in Germany. And... It looks awesome, and I cannot wait. And they've I, already announced they were doing some like really cool spa stuff for adults on the on the cruise ship. That was a new announcement. Um, I know we did a whole episode about the Disney Wish, but I just cannot wait to experience. So I went this. on. I <clears throat> I fully admit I went on the Disney Cruise Line website two days ago uh-huh. after watching these vlogs from like the UK vloggers going on this cruise, and I was like. We should just do it because our our fifth wedding anniversary is October of 2022. 
It's Do a, it. I'm, I keep, I'm keeping an eye on it. Cause there's like, I want one with a veranda. Like I want a balcony. I want, I have That's this like we booked. We booked vision a of like having coffee in the morning, sitting out on the veranda, you know, yeah. cut to reality. It's like blowing gusty winds and we can't go outside, <laughs> but Hey, we have a veranda. Um, no, super excited to do it. Did you see they just uh, released details about the water roller coaster? I did. I cannot wait. This is made by engineers. This isn't just a like um, water park slide. This mm-hmm. is like a actual roller coaster on water, which is going to be so cool. And it goes across like the entire ship. Yeah. And they were saying they're taking some of the technology from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes. And using it here. And it's going to be based on two different Mickey shorts. I'm into it. Um, I, if you all have not watched those Mickey shorts, they're on so Disney good. Plus. They are incredible. If you haven't watched them, I highly recommend them. They're hilarious. Adults will love them. Kids will love them. And if you've done the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Hollywood Studios, Such, it's, it's that same animation. That that whole ride, I think I've talked about it before. It's so good. I haven't like, gone on it it's, yet. It's it, just so creative and so good. I, I can't say enough about it. I, it's so creative and so good. So creative and so good. But like. It, I it, want you to remember this ride because when we talk about the vault that I'm going to share with you, uh, um, there's a certain Imagineer who created the two uh, same rides that we're going to talk about. Okay, now I'm already like the guesses on what the vault are is are starting to percolate. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, if you if you're feeling like you're still trapped at home because this COVID pandemic is never ending. um and you've listened to us, go go find Victoria for Disney in detail or Adam Hatton on there. They're they're a lot of fun to watch. And they're actually their their Disney World vlogs are really fun. And it's just a nice like escape to pretend you're back at Disney World with them. Oh, that's Aww. sweet. I'm gonna go watch him. Hi guys, come on the podcast. Anyway, so well Adam. That. Adam, there yes. was some big news that came out. What Always there's about? big news. What are you talking about? There was no news this last week. Always big news. <laughs> Always. I I feel like, I don't know, we created a podcast during a pandemic, so we don't know anything <laughs> else than this. But it feels like once a week there is something pretty major that comes out about Disney. And we're about to talk about another one. And these are like things that are changing the way Disney parks operate. And so... We are about to talk about mouse in our mouse musings today. This is the mouse musing of the it's day. The single musing. The new Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, and the Lightning Lane. Disney Genie Extra, Disney Genie Pay Me All Your Money, Disney No. Um <laughs> I mean basically that's yeah. what it is. Um Yeah, so Disney Genie. I, you know Where do we where do we even begin with it? So we were talking the other week that they need to bring back fast, fast, like parks right. are getting crowded, et cetera, et cetera. So now Disney is like, yeah, well, hold my drink. Listen to us. We got this new <laughs> thing. But remember, they first announced Disney Genie like almost two years ago. Wait, at, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They announced Disney Genie at the big Disney conference. Oh, I'm blanking on oh, what it's D23. called. Oh, D23. At D23. Thank you. They announced Disney Genie at D23. So when they announced the whole... Epcot overhaul and they brought yeah. Dick Van Dyke out to yeah. do the whole horse and pony show about the Mary Poppins ride yeah, that was quickly fragilistic. Yeah, yes. Big production for a ride they've canceled. Yeah. Um, they also said that this was their first introduction to Disney Genie. So everybody knew this this new thing to plan your park trip yeah. was coming. So I personally love the plan. As you all know, I'm a planner and I personally love the planning of a trip. I love hunting for the reservations and like getting the fast passes and doing all those things. It like builds the excitement to the actual trip and getting there. I mean, Adam, you're preaching to the choir over here. I ended up (laughs) finding a job that allowed me to receive money for those same things. I love planning a Disney trip and I love telling people how to plan a Disney trip, which is why I became a travel agent. Well, I guess they don't need you anymore and they don't need any of us because there's now an AI to do it for you. So Disney genie, uh, basically from what they're, what they're selling it as is this, app that you enter like oh i'm gonna go to disneyland park today and i want to ride space mountain big thunder splash mountain and indy right Mm -hmm. 
and it will somehow magically create your day. Well, and I think it's even broader than that. It's not, it's specific. You can put there specific rides that you want to do, but you can also say, I want to meet characters or Mm -hmm. I like princesses or I like to meet Mickey and Minnie or I want to see parades and shows. So it gives you kind of like the broad and the specific is my understanding. It's it's like a highly customizable Disney day. But I think on one hand, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like it's going to, give you experiences to do, places to eat, etc. But on the other hand, I'm like, it's taking the exploring of the park out of it. Like I was thinking of that earlier today. Because I was thinking about, like, what do you do if you are, let's just say you're our parents' ages. Right. And while my parents, and I think your parents are, are tech-savvy enough, my mom's especially tech-savvy, they're not going to be people who will willingly choose to download the Disneyland app and get on this whole genie rigmarole. They will buy a ticket the day of and want to just go experience Disneyland. Right. And we are taking away the opportunity to just have the spontaneity at Disneyland. Well, not even that. I mean, I, I, and so we should say this now, like we're going to mainly talk about Disneyland and Disney genie today yeah and then next week we'll have a special friend joining us to expand on what this means for the behemoth down in orlando and your life down there but i think here like i think what was so unique and special about disneyland is you could do just that right like you could just buy a ticket day of and go explore the park and do what you want to do and you could pick up a fast pass. Like when they had the old kiosk that you used to go to, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I can get a fast pass and come back to Indiana Jones in three hours or whatever. Now they're saying all that's gone. You have to have this device and you have to be connected to the Internet to be able to do it. Also, cell phones are going to be dead by noon at the Disney parks with this thing. So listener <laughs> tip, make sure you get one of those external um, charging devices oh, before you go to Disneyland. They, you can buy them there or rent them, but yeah, just like, buy um, one off Amazon for $20 and just have it in your possession, guys. Yeah, yeah. You're, you are going to need it or your Disney day is going to be a Disney nightmare. Yeah. Um. Look, I, you know, looking at it, I think it's going to be cool and not cool. I think it's for people who really buy into it and just like stare at their phone and let this genie AI plan their day. I think you're going to miss stuff. I think you're going to miss moments. I think you're going to miss walking along, you know, the backside of Disneyland from the Tomorrowland Speedway to cut into Fantasyland. And you're going to miss taking a moment to enjoy the beautiful Finding Nemo Lake there, right? Like, I'm afraid that's all going to go away because you're going to constantly be like, oh, I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to do this. Jeannie says to go here now. I absolutely agree. And honestly, Adam, that's what I put in my itineraries. When I talk to clients and they're like, why do I want an itinerary? I'm like, because I'm not going to tell you how to maximize your day. I'm going to tell you actually how to find those pockets of quiet and those beautiful spontaneous moments that you're going to really love and probably really remember versus standing in 10 different lines for 10 different rides. Like, should you go on those rides? Absolutely. And that's why I tell you, go for multiple days. But enjoy your time. Take on a moment. Watch the band. You know, when we were just there a couple of months ago, that was one of my favorite moments that I was definitely not planning or expecting, was to see the Disneyland band led by Mickey and Minnie walking down Main Street. And we stopped and we watched and we listened and I cried a little bit. (laughs) I mean, earlier that same day, we saw Kurt also cry a little bit meeting Mary Poppins and Bert. Yeah, but that's the thing that happens every time. Mary. Okay, but still, he still got that experience. And there is no way right now, which I also love, by the way, that you can go meet a character at a designated time and wait in a line to meet them. It's all spontaneous. And I do hope that Disney doesn't lose some of that spontaneity, especially with these kinds of apps that are coming out. We were even saying one of the best things that come out of the pandemic is how they've done character meet and greets. 100%. That there is no line anymore. You just, like, they're there. You take a selfie. You do your thing. You have an interaction with them. And you're not having to just stand in the line for 25 minutes to get a photo with Mickey Mouse. Right. So, I, you know, I think one of the benefits will be if their their reasoning behind this actually works, that they can shift crowds now. 
So if yeah. Tomorrowland is super jammed, they can suggest via the Genie app for you to go to Frontierland for a bit and ride a ride over there and send you over there. Yeah, Adam, I see this Disney Genie to basically be Waze for the Disney park. So Waze is a very popular traffic app that I use a lot living here in Los Angeles. And it's great. It reroutes you if there's a traffic jam on the 101 or whatever it might be. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it doesn't quite work perfectly. I definitely used Waze the other day and got very lost in, in <laughs> Vegas or outside of Vegas. But regardless. I feel like Waze is really bad about making you turn left on the <gasps> busiest streets in the planet without yes. a light. Yes. Like it Waze. loves, it loves. No one you wants down. to turn left on Fountain. <laughs> That's impossible. It's, it's not possible. Or Olympic. Oh, gosh. How many times yes. it's made me, or it makes you try to get like, all the way across Olympic yeah. without a stoplight. Right. It's humanly not possible. If anybody has done it, you deserve an award because that's Look, not possible. They're probably dead, Adam. Probably. But anyhow, <laughs> I think this genie is going to be like Waze, where it's going to, what you were saying before, redirect us to go from different places when crowd levels are heavy I in certain it just, spots. I feel like it takes, it takes the human out of it. A little bit, which is... Well, of course, kind of, it's a robot. I know, it's an AI, but, like, uh, I don't know. You know why I am going to use it, though? Because you want to get in the shortest lines. I do. You love... You love the apps. Uh, if Kim and Sierra and Kurt and Ryan were all here, they would tell everybody that the last time we were there, Adam was on his phone half the time, but he was also finding us the best routes and getting us in all I those virtual queues. I don't carry the folder of fun around for no reason. So, uh, <laughs> Are you Monica from Friends? I am. I am <laughs> yes, I am 100% Monica. Uh-huh. Uh I'm more Gail Weathers, but we'll get there later. Anyway. Um, You're a combo. Your Courtney Cox bit. combo. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. What I loved pre-pandemic uh-huh. was Disneyland's Max Pass. I yep. feel like Disney had finally figured out the Fast Pass thing. Because, like, Fast Pass Plus at Disney World was great, but you literally had to know exactly what you wanted to do 60 days out from your trip what you wanted to do that day to make your Fast Pass Plus reservations before they were all gone. Yeah, it's the same thing as dining. Dining yep. and Fast Pass were the same. You had to have planned this well in advance for Florida. Right. So then Disneyland created Max Pass, which was this add-on for $15 or something. 10 or $15 it was not bad. And I think it started as 10 and maybe went all the way up to 20 but... maybe. But what what you got with it was the ability of once you were in the parks, you could make one at a time fast pass reservations. So it basically took because even when they introduced Fast Pass Plus at Disney World mm-hmm. at Disneyland, you still had to like run all over the park to get your fast passes. Like you got your you used to get your steps in at Disneyland if you were playing the fast pass game because oh, you would like make no mistake, you'll always get your steps in at Disneyland <laughs> or in Disney World. Then some. You will get so many stuff. But I feel in. like it was doubled when you had used to have to like run to a ride to like scan all your tickets to get the fast pass return coupons. And back then the strategy was like I, the single person, would collect all eight of our yep. party's tickets and then race over to Space Mountain and get those fast passes and then meet all of our party all the way over at Splash Mountain, which is across the park. Yep. And be like, I got them. And we have to be back in three hours. Yeah. 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 So Max Pass eliminated that. So right. you could pay. They still had the option where you could not pay and run around the park and get your Fast Passes. But then Max Max Pass let you then make Fast Pass reservations on your phone throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. It would tell you when you could make your next reservation. You'd set a little reminder alarm on your phone to do it. Pop your phone out, make another reservation. And then the other key thing they had was you had unlimited downloads of your Disney photo pass photos, which. Yeah, that's a big deal. The amount of money they try to charge at Disney World. It's like $20 a single photo. It's insane. And the max pass for the photos was key. We got it a lot because we weren't racing to get through the rides as much as we were racing to get 
to meet characters back in the day. Mm. And that was really important for us because we had, a, at the time, two to three-year-old. And we took all those photos. So it was totally worth it. I loved Max Pass. And so I think for that reason, Adam, when I'm hearing all this stuff about the Disney Genie Plus, it does not feel a whole lot different than the Max Pass. Okay, so we should back up. So Disney Genie is free. And I'm wondering if it's going to actually just, it's basically replacing my Disney experience. I think it is because you're going to be doing your reservations in it, your dining reservations, your this, your that. All in Disney Genie, so we have to find out. I I guess we don't like know yet replace. because here's what's complicated, and I see this a lot from the travel agent perspective. Disneyland does not have something called My Disney nope. Experience; it's just called the Disneyland app. And then Disney World has the My Disney Experience app. They are virtually the same process, but they don't exactly play nice with one another. Oh, they don't play nice with one another at all, especially. Uh, we have we know people who are cast members and they have their main entrance passes linked, mm-hmm. but then it there's they don't talk to each other. Nope. The two apps, so it doesn't really work. And then no, they're they're basically two different apps for two different parks that totally. do not interconnect. Um so I hope that this Disney Genie, if you're right and they're going to phase out those two programs, that it it melds them nicely and cohesively across the coasts. I don't think we're there yet. I think it will be oh, a several years. I think years. they have to. I think they have to because now you're going to have to say, wait, so I need the the Disneyland app for all my tickets and to make my res- dining reservations. But then I have to use the Disney Genie app to do everything else. Like I No, I, I think that it's going just... to be the Disneyland app and the Disney Genie is going to be a separate feature within that app, mm-hmm. at least for the start. And then I hope that they just switch it all to the Disney Genie. I hope Robin Williams' family is getting some royalties for this. Me too. Um, right? Oh, yeah. Best so, character. Can we talk about the Genie oh for a second? Oh my gosh. He might be the best Disney character. Oh, a thousand percent. In every iteration of, oh, Will Smith's. Was, was, Didn't see it. Okay. But the Disney on Broadway, the Aladdin on Broadway, the Disney, yeah. the Genie there. Yeah. Phenomenal. <gasps> okay. Another plug for you. This is only for Adam. For you to book the Disney Wish, they're bringing the Aladdin Broadway show that was at Disneyland back to the Disney Wish. So we can Ooh. see it again. I I loved it. And I loved it exclusively for the genie because he came up with brand new little yep. comedic bits every well, you time. You need to see it. You need to go to New York and see Aladdin on Broadway. It's a whole new. Actually, we need is to see. Is it a whole new world? It's a whole new world. Yeah. Um, but what you need to see is The Lion King on Broadway. I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it it's a couple phenomenal. times. It's so, oh, it's so and it's great. classic and it's a show that's been around for decades and still holds to this day. And they haven't had to update. But anyway, uh, Disney Genie Plus is basically Max Pass now. So you have Disney Genie, which is free and everybody mm-hmm. can use it. Uh, then Disney Genie Plus is basically... Disney listened and they said Max Pass is working. Let's make that the thing at Florida too. Yeah. So Disney Genie Plus will be at both parks. And what you're going to be able to do is go on there and you pay a day of, you can buy it like the night before or something or the morning of yep. on your park reservation day because you still have to make reservations. I think park reservations are staying. I don't see. Oh, I don't think they're going to ever go ever away. Going away. Um, I hope they become more fluid. So that when you buy a ticket, you simultaneously can do that in one step. No, it has. It already has gotten better. It's not. It's not. It's a little better. Yeah, I've just. If you buy a one day ticket. Yeah, it's still not that great. I think they can make it better. So, so you can add on this Disney Disney Max Plus Disney Genie Plus to your ticket for the day, and then that unlocks all these options to be able to basically book a ride at a time. Right. So you can say, oh, I want to ride Indiana Jones next. Next available is at 1 p.m. Great. Click. And then once you ride that, you can say, oh, I want to do, you can look at it and go, ooh, the ride at Pirates is 15 minutes. And there is a window available at Haunted Mansion for an hour from now. Great. Let's go do Pirates. I'm going to book this hour from now Haunted Mansion. So, which is great. It's mobile ordering for your lines. Yeah. And yeah. 
I think it's great. I go back to the point I made earlier. It is going to be a nightmare for anybody 50 and up who does not want to be on their phone half of the day. I don't, I'm not 50 and up and I don't want to be on my phone. I love that for the theme parks is that I can put my phone away, except when I want to take some photos. Not anymore. And now it's like, I'm going to have to pull it out, have the notifications set so that I know the moment I can book a new reservation that I will. But they're, they're, they're fully diving into this world we live in now where everybody their your phone is an appendage at this point like i know but i just sometimes wish it weren't i know i know Can but just, it is i know and disney's okay. bought into it but the other add-on that we got to talk about is the lightning lane which who named this it's like, like it, I get it. They're trying to do something that's the most opposite of fast pass that still gives the sense of a fast Lightning pass. Lightning Why didn't they name it after like Jack Jack, baby Jack Jack or oh, something? Oh, that's where you took like, I took it as Lightning McQueen. Oh, no. I don't even see it as Lightning McQueen. Ka-chow. That's what it's all going to be. It's going to be pictures of Lightning McQueen. This is my guess. It's going to be pictures of Lightning McQueen next to the like little sign and be like, Ka-chow, come get in this lane. And in, in oh, not that one, the oh, regular just, line. I, the, their marketing team must have just threw the talent on this one. This <laughs> lightning lane. Like, come on. What? What? Get creative, Disney. You could come up with something. I got an LL over here. <laughs> Did you get that LL pass? I got an LL pass. Hey, hey. I got, I a, I got some extra LL over here. I am LL Cool J. <laughs> God. Um, so, okay, Lightning Lane. So they're saying you can pick one or two rides a day mm-hmm. that you can pay an additional fee mm-hmm. to skip the line. Now, keep in mind, when you do Max, do, I keep calling it Max Plus. When you do Genie, Genie Plus, Plus and you pre-book your ride spot, you get to go in through the coveted Lightning Lane lane at the ride. And then to get on the ride and skip the whole standby line. When, but then now they're saying, so like Rise of the Resistance, for example, you can now say, oh, okay, fine, I'll pay $20 to skip this ride to go ride it. Right. And we should be clear, we don't know what pricing they're going to put for the Lightning Lane. It could be $5, it could be $20, it could be $100 for all we know. It won't be. But it's going to probably be somewhere between the, it might be, it could be probably between the $10 and $20 range is what we're guessing. But it's like, I think all of what we're describing sounds more complicated than it is. Like the Disney Genie Plus is exactly what FastPass was. Whatever iteration you have experienced FastPass, that's what this is. But it's a paid system now. A one-day fee. And you can use it exactly like you did with FastPass where you can get one at a time and use it one at a time. And now what Adam's describing is this lightning lane means that you can pay money for up to two rides that you'll get individually to get right into that line right then and there so you don't have to really wait for your window to open you can choose like hey i want to go ride rise of the resistance so i'm going to choose this i want to go ride it in 30 minutes i'm going to pay 15 dollars, whatever amount it's going to be and I can go get in line and I, I wonder, am clear for I it. I wonder if it's going to vary on the ride what the cost is. Like Rise of the Resistance, we're going to charge you 30 bucks to skip the line. But Toy Story Mania, 10 bucks. That's interesting. I have not thought of that. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be two rides a day, but they will interchange what those rides are based on mm. like crowd, you know, needs and stuff. So I think like, oh, maybe for example, if it were California Adventure, obviously a no brainer is uh, Radiator Springs Racers. It's so popular. And then maybe some days when Galaxy or um, Guardians of the Galaxy is super popular, it will be that one. And maybe another day, maybe Incredicoaster is super popular. Yeah. So they'll pick that one. Yeah, I I feel like they're trying to do a I'm, version of Universal's Express Pass where you yeah. pay to have the access, which part of me is like, man, they should have just said, cool, Universal, we're going to do that too. And I wish they would have. It's simple. The Universal Express thing is simple. It is simple. And they figured it out, and they figured it out a decade ago. Yep. 
I love it. And we've said this already before, I think twice now on this podcast, but if anybody is looking to go to Universal in Orlando, you should absolutely talk to us about getting some of those more premier or their kind of version of a deluxe resort because you get that um, express pass for free for your stay there. So I think it's well worth the price of staying at a Universal deluxe resort I will, I will say that every time we talk about this, because it it worked out perfect for us. We were able to do both parks in one day and ride everything we wanted to ride. Oh, yeah. Anytime I have a client who wants to go to Universal, I won't even pull them quotes for any of the lower resorts. I only pull them those three tier yep. premier resorts because that is better than paying a couple like a hundred dollars less a night for your stay because you're going to get that express yep. pass and that express pass is not cheap if you bought it outright. Oh, no, no, no. So, okay, real quick, b- b- we're going to kind of pause on Disney Genie till next week, but quick thoughts, overall thoughts, mine being, I think the Disney Genie plus is great because it's replacing max pass. I don't like the idea that an AI is going to like if if there's a way to use it where the AI doesn't plan out your day and you can just use it as like the max pass was for Disney Genie Plus mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, I'm here. I want to do this and this and there's available. Great. Go. I don't want it telling me, oh, you love princesses. Go see Tiana right now. Like, I don't need it telling me to do that. But what I want it for is the what was formerly known as max pass. I. Absolutely agree with you. I think for all of us Californians who go to Disneyland often, this is not going to be a huge change for us, and we'll probably all treat it the same. I know that, Adam, we had an annual pass, and we got the Max Pass maybe like twice a year when we had basically you visit because you (laughs) love the Max Pass and you wanted to maximize your time there. So I think it's like, you know, this will be a luxury that we'll get maybe two to three times a year. But as regular park goers, which we will, fingers crossed, very hopefully soon be going again once a month with the Magic Key, we will probably only get that very rarely so that we can just enjoy the atmosphere of Disneyland and hopefully keep that spontaneity that we love so much. And who knows? Maybe this whole thing will actually shorten the standby lines. I'm okay with that. Fine by me. Anyway, so we will next week, little tease, we will dive deep into what this means for Disney World because I think there are way more ramifications for the future of your Disney World planning and we will get into that with an expert next week. Tease. Oh, we've got an expert. Somebody who is far more <laughs> seasoned at Disney knowledge. I mean, than Dana and I are amateurs, but she makes us look like we've never been to a Disney park before. Yeah. Stay tuned. Do, do, do. All right. So, Dana, are we are we going into the vault? Can we do a vault voice when we're this close to each other? I think in we can. A vault voice. What is this called? Like NPR. No, but there's like another name. It's like when you go into. Um, oh, ASMR. ASMR. The vault. Right? Isn't that what it is? It's all like clicks and sounds. If you guys can't tell, we've had some mint juleps tonight. Um, They're the really tasty. Reference, they're really tasty. But Thanks to our unpaid doing, intern, Ryan. Uh, we're doing sounds into the microphones now. Okay. So now, Dana, into the vault. Into the vault. Into the vault we go. And today we're actually Do going. Do clues? Yes, I will. But I will start with, we're going all the way over to California Adventure. We have not done a lot of vault work over there. And I thought, this is one, it came to me today, and I just felt like we needed to do this ride. Um, I will tell you that this ride is one of their most popular rides at California Adventure. And it became a very popular ride in the mid-2000s. The most popular rides, California Adventure, became popular in the mid 2000s. And your other clue was that it used it was the same. It's the same Imagineer who ended up creating the Mickey and Radiator Springs. No, we are not. But you're not far off. Are you ready? Wait, wait, wait! Give me one more clue. Hmm. This one stars a very famous potato head. Toy Story Mania? Yes! Yes! Kurt hates this ride, (gasps) and I love it. 
I have a special spot in my heart for this <laughs> ride because it opened when I worked at Disney World in 2008. So we got to go on all the cast member previews and like the first week we were there. So it was really cool. Um, so Toy Story Midway Mania, which actually goes by only Toy Story Mania out in Florida. But here in California, it's Toy Story Midway Mania. Ooh, why? Because the Midway is for all of the, the like, carnival Oh, uh, like a games. carnival Midway where the rides are, yep. And because Paradise Pier at the time when this was created, now Pixar Pier is a pier, they wanted to keep Midway. But they don't have a Midway style in Florida, which we're going to No, explain. they just have an entire land dedicated to... Toy yes. Story. Well, I think that that's in large part because of this ride. So I'm actually going to start us off in 2005 when Disneyland's 50th anniversary was taking place. And it was a really big deal. And that year, the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters ride came out. And it was at the time the big to do. It, it like kind of started off the whole 50th celebration. And a lot of Imagineers worked on it and they were really proud of it. And it got so much popular press that many of the Imagineers, specifically these two guys named Kevin Rafferty and Robert Coltrane, really were like, we need to find the California Adventure version of Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. And we need to put it over here somewhere. Now, these two Imagineers were working on Cars Land all the way back in 2005. They'd come up with the initial concept. And Kevin Rafferty was one of the main guys who really, like, shepherded the Cars Land area. But these two guys were walking through the Paradise Pier that afternoon, and they were looking around. They thought, you know what? It's missing is we need some sort of ride over here that celebrates these like midway games, these carnival games, the ring tosses and stuff and the the water shooting at the horse and all that <laughs> um, because they felt like it it while it felt very peer like and that was the intention, it still didn't feel Disney like you could see that anywhere. So like, what can we how can we create this and Disneyify it a little bit more? Now, going back, um, it was Kevin Rafferty that worked on all of those rides that I was mentioning before. And like I said, he shepherded all of this work. And he recommended to a bunch of Imagineers that they all go down to the Santa Monica Pier and the L.A. County Fair and start getting some inspiration. And it was during that time that they were like, let's create a virtual game. Um, But one of these Imagineers had worked at Disney Quest out in Florida, which – R.I.P. Disney Quest. Oh Did you ever go to Disney Quest? I never that? went, but I've heard all the things about it. I went once in 2004, and it was very revolutionary. It was one of those, like, quick burns, right? Like, it was revolutionary at its time and then very quickly became dated. But basically, it was in the downtown Disney, Disney Springs area, and it was like a quote-unquote virtual theme park where it was just a bunch of, like, virtual rides and stuff. It was cutesy, but... See, this is where I think they should bring it back. Uh-huh. And bring back all the rides of Disney past that are no longer around. Oh, that's not that's not a bad idea. And you get to virtually ride all your old favorites that they got rid of. Not a bad idea at all. But the inspiration for Toy Story Mini actually came from a Pirates of the Caribbean virtual ride at Disney Quest. So there was this like shoot cannons out into the sea virtual ride where they had physical cannon props that you would pull back and it would shoot virtually a cannon. And so these Imagineers are like, that's a great idea. Let's take that and find a way to make these midway games. Mm. And they also were trying to find like what character fits, what Disney character fits this type of ride that they were describing. And within a few months, they landed on Toy Story I don't even think the second Toy Story movie. No, the second Toy Story movie had come out, but the third had not. And Isn't there been like nine at this point? I feel like this is like refilling Tom Hanks' bank account every few years. Oh. He just does another Toy Story movie. Absolutely. I mean, they are the longest standing movies in the Disney <laughs> Pixar world. Um so anyhow, after they took all of this inspiration from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean's digital game, they came back. They did a whole pitch to both John Lasseter and um, Bob Iger, who was newly minted into the Disney universe. And they all were like, we love this. Please make this. This is incredible. And so, and also, 
can you make this at the same time at Disneyland as you do in Florida at Disney World? So this was the first ride. It's not the first oh. ride to copy its its mirror from a different coast, but this was the first time that they were building mirror images of their rides so, on both coasts. So this kind of pegged, like kicked off the whole idea. Like Galaxy's Edge, it was a lot cheaper for them to be making replicas of everything doing it two at a time to have the exact same thing on both coasts so did this this was kind of the start to that a little a little bit i would say that it was not it did not end up being cheaper and probably if i were to interview an imagineer would probably tell you that they were stressed out because they were now having to double their workload and making all of the equipment for this and what they were making was very revolutionary in like the 2006 2007 time when they were creating and constructing this ride they did not have the technology quite yet to what the ride is today um for one the ride vehicles which if if you've ever ridden this ride i guess I should take this a step back. If you've never ridden this ride, you should know that um, the ride is a Midway Mania's game where you see five different screens and you have a little um, shooter, like a pull trigger that you pull back and it shoots out virtually different targets and, and darts that you can hit and for points. It's really fun. It's very cute. Like I said, you hit five different screens and they're all differently themed to the Toy Story world. Um, so when they were creating this, there was a Monsters, Inc. ride at Tokyo Disney Sea that was doing really well. And our favorite animator that I've been describing, Kevin Rafferty, created that ride. And he was like, oh, this Monsters, Inc., you know, traction works really well, but we need to double it up. And so he came up with the idea of making the ride vehicle oh. a two-sided vehicle so that they could maximize the guest count Smart. coming through. They also realized very quickly when they were starting to do some of the research on this ride um, that they needed to find a better way for people of all ages to be able to play this ride. So there was an Imagineer named Sue Bryan who was in charge of figuring out the gameplay aspect of this ride. So they ended up setting across the street from the Imagineers lab in Glendale. They set up a test lab where people could come in ages 2 to 92 and test out this ride and sit in the vehicle and try to see if they could hit as many targets as possible. Oh, my gosh. And they discovered during that gameplay testing that their vehicle was not equipped to handle small little children and super tall people. Is there a height requirement on this ride? There is not. Oh. So you can you can take Noah. You can oh take a little gosh. baby. He's not going to be able to pull the yeah, shooters. He's, he's a very advanced baby, so you might be able to. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> As um, every parent says about their child. Yes, they do. Um, but what they realized that all of the tall people were too cramped inside the little seat, and the the shorter people, the kids, couldn't reach the pull the puller. And so that's when they discovered we need to start making the um, the shooter attached to the lap bar. So when the lap bar comes down, next time you ride the ride, notice that it stops at a certain place that's perfect for your aim and not the person next to you. Oh. Right? Very clever. Clever, clever. The, this is why they are paid a lot more than us. Oh, a heck of a this. lot more than us. <laughs> Um, so a construction officially began in both parks simultaneously in 2006, and they spent a lot of time on top of figuring out the ride vehicles, figuring out what the games looked like. So, you know, they knew that they wanted to keep that shoot the target objective for all of these, but they had a lot of those five visuals that they thought were going to be winners that ended up, you know, being thrown out. So a couple of the ones that got scrapped that I think are hilarious are the first one they came up with was knock Mr. Potato head over. And so it was, um, you know, you were shooting at a Mr. Potato head figure trying to knock him over. And the initial artwork made Mr. Potato head look very angry and bitter. <laughs> I so, mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah, of course. So they're like, we can't do this. And also we don't want to tell our guests to now go knock over Mr. Potato. And so, they didn't think it was a good image for them. Um, another one they had was called the Slinky Bonanza, 
which is where you would shoot dog bones into Slinky's mouth as he was trying to catch them and he was on his, you know, slinkiness. What's wrong with that? It's cute, but it didn't last. I don't know. Um, another one was called Rex's Dino Dash. And this is like one of those, you know, those like water horse games where you shoot the water into a target and your horse races yeah, across yeah, yeah. the map. So it was that same concept, but with Rex and a volcano and your water was lava. So you're shooting lava. I know. Here's where it gets. Here's where I think it got scrapped. I'm picturing this in my head right now and it's not it's not a happy place. You're shooting lava into a volcano to get Rex to move away from the I volcano mean, before before the meteor hits. <laughs> so they're trying to save the dinosaurs with this one and that of course did not last either. And that actually be a fun thing to do. If they ever like, if they ever modernize the queue at Dinosaur at Disney World, mm-hmm. if they put a game like that in, like you know how they do those interactive queues sometimes with the games yeah. and stuff, yeah, that would be a fun game for the uh, queue for Dinosaur. It really would. You're right. Hey, Disney. Well, we accept payment. Venmo. You can pay us for Venmo for these ideas. We need to talk about dinosaur after this. Remind me, we're going to round back about that. Okay. Um, okay, so the attractions, both of them, cost $80 million per park. Um, and at the time was one of the highest, I think the highest ride, paid ride that they were making. Um, and again, this is in 2008. So the interactive ride opened to the public at Disney Hollywood Studios on May 31st, 2008, and in California Adventure at the Paradise Pier in June, on June 17th in 2008. At the time, this was the most technically sophisticated ride in the park using over 150 computers to power the ride. I imagine wow. that Rise of the Resistance uses more, but... Oh, I, don't I, know. Think, I actually think like, so you keep talking about this ride and all my mind is because I've done this. I've done the ride multiple times. Yeah. And the queue, by the way, is amazing. For the the queue in Florida is amazing. Let's be clear the about that. The new queue or the old queue in Florida? What's the new queue? Because when it got moved. Oh, yes. Yes. I was about to mention oh. that. Yes. Yes. Well, let's talk about the queues for a second. So going back a pace, when they were constructing this ride, another big reason why they wanted to put it where they did was because they could build Toy Story Midway Mania underneath the what is now the Incredicoaster, but the time called California Screamin'. And it saves space. If you've been to California Adventure, you know space is very limited at that park. But in Florida, they had all the space in the world because remember, this is at the time MGM MGM uh, was it MGM, MGM Studios, Studios at the yes time? when it, it was, opened it was yes. still it didn't change until 2008 uh, it might have happened within the same like breath but yeah. but yes it was technically MGM Studios and they had you know originally tried to make that an actual working studio out in Florida and so that place did you ever speaking of that just hold Side note. I know where you're going, and the answer is yes. What? Where do you think went? The tour? Yes. The studio tour they used yes. to do. I went on it. Oh, I've been on that ton- many times. And then I went on the Paris version, which is a whole nother discussion. Not worth it. But do you know how they used to show you Walt Disney's airplane? Yes. Oh, apparently now that thing is just like wrapped up with construction <gasps> paper. Like, no. off. I, yeah, it was on one of the WDWNT websites of the world. Oh, no. And they said it's literally just sitting wrapped up with, like, airplane-preserving paper, I guess, like, somewhere on Disney World property right now. Oh, that makes me Which so sad. they should park that thing in front of Hollywood Studios. Just, they, like, they absolutely in the should. entrance. Folks, what Adam is describing is this, like, teeny tiny jet that yep. took Walt and a couple of his Imagineer buddies around in 1960. 362. Like I should note it's 63. And here's the reason I know this. He flew around all of the United States that day to look for the land that he was going to purchase that would eventually become Disney World. And the day that they found the Florida land and got back on the plane, they were about to take off when their pilot told them that John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. And I think that was November 23rd, 1963. Mm-hmm. 
think so. Oh, oh my my high school my high school so history mad. teacher is rolling in his. Grave. I think it was I November twenty third, nineteen sixty three. Yeah, that Kennedy that was assassinated. Right. Yeah. And that was also simultaneously the same day that Walt Disney found the property he was going to pick for Disney World. And that plane has been living on the um, MGM Studios lot for as long as it's been yeah, there. Yeah, you used to see it on the studio tour that you would yeah. do. Yeah. And now apparently it's just like wrapped up somewhere by the, you know, the abandoned water park that's there. Um, the... Discovery Island no. or something? No, there's Discovery Island, which is abandoned, that looks like Jurassic World. Yeah. And then there's another water park, like River something. River, River Country. Country. River Country, yeah. That's I've watched still YouTube videos on it. It's crazy. But apparently it's just on the property somewhere wrapped up in airplane paper. So oh, that makes me Disney, sad. because we know you listen, could you do us a favor and just clean the thing up? Park it in front of Hollywood Studios, like in the entrance. You got rid of the, which broke my heart. You got rid of the Mickey Sorcerer's hat that was like the icon of. You love that Hollywood thing? Studios. I love that because oh, I love. Sorcerer I thought it was Mickey. an eyesore. I love Sorcerer Mickey. So anything Sorcerer Mickey related, but what you can replace it with is just park the airplane outside of the Hollywood Brown Derby. Like that would almost fit. I don't know. I digress. Just I don't disagree cents. on any of this. But I'm bringing all of this up because they had all these empty sound stages from when this was an actual working movie studio lot. And so they took one of those sound stages and put in the Toy Story Mania ride. Are one of those sound stages what they turned into the uh, 60s drive-in and drive-in sci-fi nope, drive-in No, that's theater? always been there. It's always been oh, there. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, so they also created an interest that looked like the Pixar... Um, studio out yep. in california which uh, is super cute out in two blocks from my apartment okay so i see it all the time you're gonna give everybody on here your address well no you? i'll just say i live within two blocks of pixar studios in emeryville california okay uh but it's cool it's cool to live it is right cool i've seen it and they've got the giant pixar ball in the center it's... yep and then up on the roofs they have the seagulls from uh finding nemo well, you should know that we live very close to the Sorcerer's Hat here at the Animation Building in Burbank. I know. Uh-huh. So anyhow, um, they ended up changing that attraction's entrance in 2015 when they announced that they were going to create Toy Story Land, which is out at Hollywood Studios. It's awesome and so now you're going to find that entrance to be slightly different but um what adam was describing earlier is that i think you know the florida version of this ride has a really incredible cue because they had the space to handle yeah. it they make you feel you as the guest walking in like you have become a shrunken down toy and you're in andy's toy chest and everything is giant you see like big mm -hmm. games of shoots and ladders and Crayola coloring crayons everywhere, and it's really cute. Unfortunately, California Adventure does not have the space to make that, so it's really just an outside line yeah. there. But I, I think what was so amazing when, when they built Toy Story Land is that they made the entire land feel like you, the idea is when you're entering the land you're being shrunk down to a toy and they make you feel that way. Like even the slinky dog dash queue is all outside, Yeah, but it's great. There's like massive big size toys and ball and everything you're around. But um, what's interesting is at Walt Disney studios in Paris, that horrendous theme park that they built, they have a mini toy story land that was like pre toy story land in Florida. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and they have the army, you know, the army guys. The from, green army men? Yeah. There's the army parachute ride, which is oh. like the jumping jellyfish. Oh. Ray's favorite. I got a girl who'd be into I it. I know. This is, they have basically the same ride at Walt Disney Studios in That's Paris. That's That is that song. That's really cute. Um. Okay, we were supposed to circle back about dinosaur really quick. Hey, this is a rumor, folks. Oh, do not break my heart. You're going to break my heart. I'm going to break your heart. No, Are you ready for it? No. Did you no, hear? No, uh Did you hear no. what they did? Don't. Hey. Don't go there. Did you hear what they just did to the gift shop at the end of Dinosaur? No. They took all the dinosaur <gasps> toys and paraphernalia mm -hmm. out. 
and they've taken down signage about the ride dinosaur. Oh, no. I don't know what this means, Adam, but I can assume Are they that cleaning they... the signs? They're cleaning the signs. Okay, sure. <laughs> I think it means that they're getting ready to rebrand that ride to a totally different theme. And if it were me, I'd be a-okay with an Indiana Jones theme instead of dinosaurs. No, not there. an Animal Kingdom. The whole point is that it's in Dinoland, USA. You have you, you have Donald's Dino Bash that happens at night in Animal Kingdom right there. Sure. Where Kurt and I were the only people who walked by it at one point, and the poor DJ was like up in the truck having to entertain people and just called us out and made us dance. Uh. I have a friend out in Florida named Heather who I think loves the dino party. She always posts pictures of her it's with great. Chippendale and cute little dino yes, outfits. Yes, they're all in dino outfits. And actually, so last time we were at uh, Disney World, we were at Animal Kingdom on the last day, uh-huh. and Kurt was like, how's your basketball shot? And being from Kansas, naturally, I'm a decent basketball player because, you know. Okay, all right. Kansas basketball. So, All right, Mr. Uh, Midwest. Um, well, let me just say the inventor of the game is buried there. So, anyway. Um, so we, Hoosiers right now. This is podcast happening tonight. Anyway, so. This we, is what happens when you give us bourbon. <laughs> um. So we're at, we're at Dinoland where they have, it's like where they have the carnival games at Disney World. Like yeah. they have on Pixar Pier at uh, California Adventure. It's at Dinoland USA in Animal Kingdom. And they unfortunately got rid of the Triceratops spin, spin. which I love that ride. Which oh, God. We've already, no, we've discussed I love those janky rides. Yeah, you like all the terrible <laughs> rides. So, so. Um, that ride is Awful. But Kurt really wanted the Dino Land USA or the Dino Institute Mickey that they were you had to win oh. at the game. So we won't talk about how much money was spent trying to get three baskets in a row, but I finally got three baskets in a row and we finally won Mickey and uh, the Dino Institute Wait, outfit. I thought you were Mr. Basketball. Uh, I, I thought it would only cost you a dollar. Just one <laughs> round. No, it was multiple. Multiple. Okay. But, all right. But we have the Dino the Dino Institute uh, Mickey, which was super cute. And that was the only place you could get it was by winning one of those games. Well, Adam, I'm sorry to tell you that I think that's a relic and you should hold on to it for you as long Dino as possible. Land's gone? Yep. I think Dino Land's gone. What are they I think gonna it's going to there. I don't know. And I think it's going to take a few years for us to really know this answer because we were hit financially pretty hard with the whole COVID and it's going to take a minute for things to get changed. But I think Dino Land is going to go away. I do think they're going to create in in my mind the easiest answer is an Indiana Jones adventure type that has environment. That nothing to do with Animal Kingdom. At least What on- does Pandora have? That's related to Animal Kingdom. Uh, because Animal Kingdom, if you read the thingy in front of Animal Kingdom. Okay, who it's does? It's about real and make-believe creatures in the world or something like that. So Pandora fits. Tell me how Indiana Jones doesn't fit. What? Snakes and spiders? Is that what the ride's real be about? animals. No, it's not about Harrison Ford running around. It's about... You take those words back. Everything <laughs> should be about Harrison Ford. <laughs> Everything. No, like, what was so great about the Dino Institute thing there is that you had the, the, obviously they're not real, but the, like, you know, the dinosaur bones out in the lobby that you walked through and you're walking through the Dino Institute. And then, really, they, like, actually on the ride sneak in some education in there because they're calling out the different dinosaurs that you see along the ride, even though they're popping out and trying to scare you. It was like infotainment at its best. Adam. And Claire Huxtable is the person in the video at the beginning, and they can't get rid of Claire. They're going to get rid of Claire. Adam, here's the thing. Universal does it better. You cannot take dinos away from Universal. They've got Jurassic Park. True. In Florida, they got the whole Jurassic Park land. Here in in California... The new Jurassic World ride, I think, is maybe my favorite ride on the West Coast. It's incredible. They have done such a great job. So let them have their dinos. Let Universal have the dinos. Disney, here, if you're listening to this podcast, say goodbye to Dinoland. It's time to bring in something new or better. I know Indiana Jones is not new, but it is better. And I just think it's time. Let's make something feel a little bit more hip, cool. 
and authentic. Dinos don't feel right there. No, it's not going to be hip or cool. It's going to end up being like a. Well, it's Disney. Nothing's hip or cool. No, but we well, love it anyway. But but it's going to end up being like it's going to be some kind of property. It's going to be like you know what it's going to be. It's going to end up basically being like you know Marvel. Oh, they can't do Marvel. They can't do a lot of Marvel. They can only do Guardians of the Galaxy there. So never mind. I was gonna say something. You're in a ride, and like it's like Agents of Shield going through. <gasps> I like, have one. No, what? we can't do it. We can't do it there. What? Not in Animal Kingdom. What? Mandalorian. No, you can't. No. That'd be fun though. No, they got the whole Star Wars land at Hollywood Studios. They don't need more. Look, here's to my point. <laughs> Animal Kingdom, while they have tried valiantly to stay all animal-centric, they should not have put Pandora in there, but they did. It's beautiful. I love it. However, Disney's kind of a cluster about all of their branding and IP, etc. And I think the best example is Hollywood Studios, a, a theme park that was supposed to celebrate the movie industry and now does none of that. They've got Star Wars. They've got Toy Story. They've got a weird old Hollywood and a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror ride. And that's kind of about it. You know, I just figured it out. And I think we we should leave it at this. Okay. Raya and the Last Dragon. That's what they're going to replace it with. <gasps> I'll take it. Raya and the Last Dragon will be the replacement for Dinoland. Dragons. Goes in with the Pandora theme of fake animals. I'll take it. All right. We'll leave it at that. I'll accept it. <laughs> what if they did a mythical creatures land? Uh, just give me a dragon. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> also, Universal has dragons, but I feel like I'm yeah, very pro Universal. Yeah, I, I'm not liking this. I'm sorry. I am shocked myself, park. to be honest. Yeah. Next thing I know, you're going to be like, let's do a podcast about Knott's Berry Farm, huh? I've never been. Or Six Flags. Whoa. And on that note, we have reached our limit, I think, for tonight. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks so much for listening. Remember, as always, if you're planning a trip, want to plan a trip, this reminds me, I need to send Dana our Hawaii information so she can help us out with that um, when we go to Alani. But uh, reach out to Dana, hit us up on Instagram, find us on the website. And we'll get your info over to Dana and she will plan the most magic. She will be your Disney genie in a bottle. She'll be like the. I will. You'll be the genie. <gasps> can I be Christina Aguilera? Yes. Oh my yes. God. Can we tie this back to Disney with Christina Aguilera? If you've ever seen her music <laughs> this video. This is never ending. I hope you guys are comfortable. <laughs> watch Ref- Reflections from Mulan, the music video. It takes place in the China Pavilion at Epcot. No, at- it doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh. It's great. It she had to have shot it at like five in the morning. That's where she shot that video? Yes. I'm gonna pull it up after this. Dana is done. Uh special guest next week to break down all things Disney World and etc. So tune in then. But until then, we will see you guys next week. Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs>